hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Tim and Friends. Emphasis on friends again today. I, of course, am not Tim McAuliffe. I'm Faisal Kamisa, hanging out in this chair for the next couple of days or next couple of minutes or hours, depending how this intro and really how this show goes. Here's the deal. We've got some guests coming up, of course, and I'll get to those in a hot second. But, and this is great, I am in charge today. And I'm already talking on live TV, so there isn't much anyone can really do. And I am making a decision. You all know what goes down to the left of me in that corner. That is where we find one Jesse Rubinoff. Jesse, what up? How you doing? I'm good, Faze. How cool. you doing? What's yeah, going on? No talking there anymore. Okay. I don't want you relegated to that corner today. Mm. Okay? What? I made some arrangements. Oh. Talked to some people. Mm. I want you here, to my left, on this big desk, with me, co-hosting the show. I'm going to get up then. Yeah, you are. Face. Yeah, you are. That's what's going down. Okay. I'm, I'm getting up because this real estate over here, this is more valuable than anything in Toronto or Vancouver. Okay? <laughs> Not yet. And, and look, I came prepared. I had a feeling. I didn't okay. think that you were going to do this. Okay. My guy got an I extra had a feeling, blazer. So, so, yeah. This is what they call a schmedium. Yeah. <laughs> I figured I'd throw this on. Yeah, you look good. Thank you, Faze. Got a haircut? You, you knew what was going down. Just give me, I did get a haircut. I got I a laptop for you there. All, I knew that you were going to be on the show. Yeah. And I knew yeah, that yeah, Kyle Bacostas yeah. was coming on a little bit later. So, so I had to go get a haircut. Up your game. Uh, you can you give me one second game. here? Just let me, um, sure. Just maybe move some notes around. Because Tim always just like, yeah. when I'm over there in the corner. Yeah. It's always just. Ad- you see a admiring. lot going on here, right? I, I admire Tim's ability to just yeah. spread out his notes. Okay. So that's what I'm just going to do here for a second. Because I got to be honest. this is He's not here, man. You don't have to worry about that. Prize real estate. He's not here. He's not just here. Just enjoy it for a second, I guess. Okay. Well, All right. Don't get too comfortable, man. <laughs> I'm in charge. I make rules here today, okay? Just for okay? two hours today. How about that? I like it. Just I, for two you look hours. good, and Thanks, I'm excited Faze. to have What's you here. Here, hanging out here with we me. go. Yeah, here we let's go. go. Let's do it. Now, listen, as uh, I see now you I... sit here, I realize this, of course, no. creates a bit of a hole. Uh, I didn't think of that hole, and here's the deal. Life has generally worked out for me, Jesse, so I think uh, we will fill your spot by the magic of just television. You ready? Yeah. Three? Two? Yeah. One. Kevin oh, Mickey! Kev, what up? Kevin Mickey! Kev. Yes. Hello. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. I, uh, I just happened to notice Jesse popped up for a second. You had no idea. So and I was you just like, oh, look, the chair. I'm emerging a- from dust just showed up. Yeah. Didn't get the blazer memo, but that's okay. Did you get a haircut too? You look great. No, just uh, had my wife tell me if it looked good, and, <laughs> and, did, right. and here we are. So that's, that's one way to do does it. Is that what happened? Like, you guys are both married. Yeah. Uh, do yeah, you have to get permission yeah, right. to look a certain way when you leave the house? I so, wouldn't know. Not even close. It's not so much permission it's, as it's I need to be reassured that I'm not yeah. looking horrific. You're not just embarrassing one anymore. You're embarrassing two. Exactly. Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. Dude, you, who do you think picked this blazer out today? Like, yeah. That yeah. I, I feel like I already know. Yeah. Well, I feel it was like not I already me. know. No, it wasn't me at all. I feel like I already know. Listen, here's the deal. You're both here, yeah, which up? is great. I want to just talk. To you guys, share a little something out with you guys and throw it out on social as well. Uh, I got a Band-Aid on my middle finger. I won't isolate the middle finger out of fear of <laughs> having this network shut down forever. Um, I had a few friends bad? over a couple days, a couple days ago. I wanted to make them food because mm. I pride myself on my cooking. And I peeled 
was peeling potatoes, fresh, like homemade potatoes, going to make them nice That's dish. Uh, peeled off the top of my finger in the process. I kind of want to see it. No, I don't, no. I don't even want to take the band-aid It's off, been bleeding like, for three days. It's, it's been bleeding for three days. I've yeah. changed the band-aid maybe a hundred times. I thought about taking the week off. Nobody let me here. They said, <laughs> no, it's just a finger. Please show up to work. And so I wanted to put this question out there to both of you and, of course, to all the people watching, of course, at Tim and Friends. What's the stupidest injury you've ever experienced in your entire life? Because this has got to be up there. This has got to be up there. It took a lot for me to tell my friends, by the way, that red with your fries is not ketchup. This is so please eat with caution. <laughs> yeah, that's Please that's be gross. careful. Yeah, First of all, please gross. be please. careful. Uh, please be careful. This is a no-brainer for me. Okay. This is like two, three years ago now. I, I was working out in the gym. Humble brag. Right, we get not, it. Not a big deal. We get it. We get it. Um, All right, cool. And cool, I was doing thanks. like I was doing like those like I guess like flies like this is that what they're called flies? This guy and I had I had that a different set of weights it. on the ground. Okay. And I I dropped one of the weights. Okay. As I was finishing my workout. Okay. And my finger, this finger right here, got caught in between two weights, and okay. they were like decently heavy weights. Again, a little bit of a brag, drop but they the were number. decently they were decently heavy weights. Just drop the number. And the finger, let's just say, it did not. Finish in the direction that it started. Okay, which was straight. Okay. wasn't straight anymore. So that's probably it. You doing okay? Yes, yeah, fine. Now, uh, cool. Yeah, we heal. We're you, good. You look we're great good. now. You look yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, recovered. Recovered. Thank you. you want to give us a point you. just to make sure? Yeah, just no, like, is, yeah. This is, we're good. No, it's fine. It's fine. Right, cool. it moves. Everything's good. Look at the range. Look at the range of motion on my guy. What about you, Kevin? Mick, what you got? So I've I am notorious for having a fragile body. A couple of buddies of mine call me the notorious for having a fragile. They call I, don't, me the I don't know what that man. means. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Yeah, six million dollars. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So, a while ago playing hockey, I separated my shoulder, got back to the bench. I'm holding my shoulder like this. Ah, buddy of mine, what happened? Somebody hit you? I said, no, I reached for the puck. <laughs> and that was it. Went like this to try and get the puck, separated my shoulder, nice. and I was out for a month. Amazing. So that's what happens with shoulder injuries. Yeah. Right? You hurt your shoulder once. And then it becomes a recurring it's, thing. It's, yeah. So is it still is it still an issue for you? Yeah, sure. Everything is. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a perception. In the there's a perception that the three of us are relatively young. I guess that's because everywhere else you look, we got slightly well, older people look talking. Your dress, you're trendy. On this television that's, network, yeah. but we're relatively old people, like the three of us. And I know it may not look that way because we're so dashing, and the skincare routine has worked relatively well for all of us, <laughs> for two of us. I won't say who. Um, <laughs> But no, we're old, and things just end up hurting every now and then. And so I get it. If you have a random stupid injury, please uh, tweet at Tim and Friends, and Kev will pull some up as the show goes on. We'll make sure we ask all our guests what their most random uh, injury is as well. Speaking of guests, Jesse Rubinoff, you're not one. You are amongst friends today and very much uh, as much of a host as I am here today. But I will let you know what's going on. Since I threw you off with the uh, introduction to this chair, I will let you know what's going on for the rest of the show. And you will prep crazily in the times where I'm speaking. Yeah, we All right, the, cool. Yeah, with the notes. Yeah, we're good. We've got Kabakaskas here because apparently... Uh, not enough good hair on this show. <laughs> James Sharman's going to drop by to talk all things footy, and so much has happened today with regards to Canadians in the world of soccer. We want to talk to him about so much more, including Manchester United, reminiscing, of course, about Canada's big win over Mexico, and a few other things. It is Tuesday. We've also got the roundtable coming up with the Athletics. Julian McKenzie and Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer and Jesse Rubinoff joining as well. Before all of that, I've been told there is a... First things first this is segment on this show. We will throw it over to you, Kevin Mickey. This feels Let's weird. Go. This feels weird. 
I was gonna say. Jesse, Jesse let him do a turn. Yeah, Jesse Ruth. let him talk. You want me to read the script? No, nope, he's got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. He's Ruth got this. Got. Go. Yeah. We can like, play back for a second, Ruth. Just take. You can take a break for this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm like just, shaking. Just for a few seconds. Okay. Yeah. Go. Uh, as we usually do, let's start with some puck. Let's start with hockey. The Calgary Flames back home after a very successful seven-game road trip. They host Chicago tonight, and you can see that across the country on Sportsnet One and Sportsnet Now at seven local, nine Eastern. The other team in Alberta, the Oilers, also in action. They visit the Stars. Viewers in Edmonton, they can catch it on Sportsnet West at 6.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 Eastern. Calgary, Edmonton, currently two of the best records in the West. Baze, will start with you. Yeah. So Jesse can have more of a break here. Yeah, uh, I know. He which, needs some time. Which Alberta team do you believe in more? Well, Calgary? For, yeah. Edmonton? That's great. First, and, first things first from my end. Uh, Jesse, I want to know how he did in that role. It's <laughs> exceptional read. Yeah, he did a really good yeah, job. I was just going to breeze right by it. Are you worried about so your future? A little bit. Given how successful he's been so far yeah. in the 45 seconds he's spoken. I mean, he's got the reading down. He's got the hair. He's so good. Doesn't, have the, good. Bla- doesn't have the blazer, though. Doesn't so have the blazer. You're we one up on him that, today. That's not you're bad. one up on him today. Um, listen, to me, this is a relatively simple answer. Both teams are pretty good, and both teams are really fun. But one team has a guy that makes me lose articles of clothing while watching him, Okay. Just because of how much I have to jump in the air, given what he does. Yeah. And listen, I didn't think that was that outlandish to say. I saw Tim McAuliffe holding a jockstrap here a couple days ago. Right? <laughs> so yeah. we're good. Right over there, actually. Uh, yeah. I'm just, in, in times like this, while both teams are relatively close in the standings, I will defer to the team that has Connor McDavid as being the better one right now. All things being equal. And we don't know if they are. It's still too early in the season to, to really get a sense of what these teams are. Connor McDavid's on one of the teams. And he does stuff like this on a bi-weekly basis. And... Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. They're fun to watch. And if I had to choose one, 97. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the top-end talent is, is the difference for me as well. You have one team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, and that's not to take anything away from the Calgary Flames. But at the moment, uh, these two teams are playing incredibly different. And you could, you could certainly make an argument here, FaZe, that when it comes to the postseason, we've obviously, the, the Oilers' struggles in the postseason are uh, very well documented. But um, you look at what the Calgary Flames are doing, and they're the stingiest team in the NHL. Look right there. You're looking at the board. 1.89 goals against. And what what usually wins in the playoffs? It's stingy teams. Yeah. You have structure. And I just think that, like, you're looking – if you're in a locker room and you know you're going up against a Daryl Sutter team right now, I think you're shuddering a little bit because this team, this Flames team, has really bought in. They nice. have seven shutouts. Daryl shuttering. Nice. I see it. I see it. Yeah, seven shutouts in 19 games. Yeah. And – that is just absurd. Like, the last time that happened, they didn't have forward passes no. in the NHL in 1925. Cool. So I just think that the Flames as a team right now are, are very scary. But when push comes to shove, you're right about the top end talent. Yeah, here's the thing, right? And, and I think a lot of the Canadian teams fall into this same boat here where it almost doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know, and, and we've got to wait another 60-ish Leaks, games Oilers, before we yeah, yeah. actually get a sense of who these teams are. It's great to see both of them. Uh, come out to great starts of this season. We're still under a quarter way through, or just about a quarter way through this season. So I'm not going to make any macro kind of statements right now. But again, if I had to pick a team right now that has captivated my attention a little bit more and made me believe in them yeah. a little bit more based on the lack of successes these either have had, again, I'm still deferring, Kevin, to, uh, to Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Yeah, no? there, there's a big X factor here, too, with the, the Oilers, I think. Like, you, you look at Stuart Skinner and what he's been able to do. Yeah. Like, not many games played, obviously, only yeah. four. But uh, you look at what he's been able to do, and if he can really steal the mantle here, 
uh, from Koskinen, then they're going to add another element to their game that they haven't had for a long time. Mike Smith was great last year, but Mike Smith is hurt now, yeah. and they're going to need the goaltending, and this is a, a huge opportunity for Stuart Skinner to step up here and kind of steal the show. I like, uh, I like both teams. Both have been really fun. Yeah. Both have been really surprising in, in a lot of ways as well, Kevin. But, uh, yeah, you got to pick? We, I'm going to say the Calgary Flames, cool. mostly because you build the team from the net out cool. generally. I like mm. that. And I believe mm. in Jacob Markstrom more than I believe in any goaltending tandem that's the Edmonton Oilers currently have. I like That's the logic. Fair. That's yeah. fair. It's yeah. very fair logic, I but think. Again, you, Connor McDavid, when can you ever say, like, nah, I don't believe in that guy? That's what I mean, uh, right? That's what I mean. This is love to Leon Dreisaitl, too. It's absurd. 17 game there, point so. streak to start the season. Yeah. How long is this thing going to go? Forever. I, I would love for it to go 82 games, yeah, right? Like, man. Wayne Gretzky's record is 51 points yeah. or 51 games that he set a record for to start the season. 51 straight games. Will Connor approach that? <laughs> you know, it's an outlandish question, but there's only one player you'd ask that question yeah, about, right? And it's absolutely. this guy right here after. I mean, of course, you know, Troy Terry's streak got snapped in Anaheim, so thank God. Um, but listen, man, like, I, how, how do I look at what Connor McDavid's done this season and say, no, that guy's not going to contribute offensively for this team on this night? I mean, sure, I imagine at some point they will get shut out just because that's hockey, and so by virtue of not scoring any goals in the that game, he will not a have a point. point. But, man, it just feels like he's a second away from changing the game or at least getting himself on the score sheet. And you mentioned Leon Dreisaitl. It helps to have another guy that can also put one in every single night as well. So, with both of them there, I don't know, man. I think this goes into the 30s. I would Ooh, like to go like see it, it in the 30s like just because I think it would be really cool to get captivated by a point streak in the NHL in a way we haven't been in, like, two decades, right, or more. So... This is a guy that's doing it. He seems like he's on another level this season. And please, have it continue forever. I would love it. I put the points bar at like 180. And Tim always laughs at me. Like, I brought up the 180 number. And two points like, something a game, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. It seems, dry it seems right outlandish. Now, dry saddle right now is over two points I know, per game. I know. So it's like not completely out of the realm of possibility. Speaking of outlandish, ridiculous records, a man in sports who has done a lot of that. Tom Brady last night. We watched him in action in well, the look NFL. Look at this guy transition. Jesse, be fearing, man. Jesse, be scared. Let's go. Bucks snap their two game losing skid. They're seven and three in the year. Once again, Jess, I know you're keeping an eye on the odds. Yeah. They're Super Bowl favorites. Favorites to repeat. So should they be favorites? And if you don't think they should be favorites, who do you think really right now is the best value? Who are we looking at? Uh, okay. Uh, I don't think uh, they necessarily should be favorites. Um, because I don't think you can learn anything from playing the New York Giants last night. One of the issues that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had over the course of this year has unquestionably been their defense and specifically their pass defense. And you are not going to be able to learn anything going up against the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, and we know Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator for the Giants, got fired today. Peace. And that tells you everything you need to yeah. know about that game last night. So not a surprise, but I don't think you can learn very much from the Buccaneers. When I look at the odds, and that's what everybody's talking about these days, is betting and odds and where is their value. Uh, we sat here, I sat here and talked about Jonathan Taylor yesterday. And you can go online right now, and you can get the Indianapolis Colts at 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You look at Carson Wentz. I get it. Look, nobody wants to bet on Carson Wentz because it seems like he can do something stupid at any time, right? Mm. At any time. He's going to throw an interception left-handed, or he's going to throw <laughs> it at his, one, the own, his own one, and they're going to score a touchdown. Like, I understand that those types of things happen. But I also think you have the best running back in the league right now, a very good defense. And if you're looking for value, I'd really like it there. Also like the Green Bay Packers. 
Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams connection. Tim's been all about the defense for the Packers, and I am in agreement there, too. And why are people sleeping on the Minnesota Vikings? Is it because it's Kirk Cousins? Is it because of Rash yes, Madani? Yes, Rash Madani. The no, Minnesota it's Kirk Vikings. Cousins. Definitely a Rash Madani. They have Cousins. Dalvin Cook. They have a, a good enough defense, I would say. Okay. And they have weapons in Justin Jefferson. They have weapons in Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. And I say weapons and Kirk Cousins. More so Thielen and Justin, <laughs> he's got weapons. And Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's got weapons. And they have Dalvin Cook. So I just think that uh, the Vikings can do some damage here. They're 5-5, five and five, but at the same time, every single one of their games is close. They could easily have an 8-2 and two record here yeah, sitting here today. Have a two and and then record, those right? odds like, would not be 60-1. I mean. to one. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you're looking for value, I like the Colts and the Vikings. I have found this to be the most random NFL season of in all a time. very, very long of all time. time. And, and I think I like that because we don't know, right? We're sitting here. We're just making things up. The next week, this is going to change based on who plays well and who doesn't play well. Literally. And that's kind of how it's been, right? The Bills, oh, they're so good. Yeah, they stumbled out of the gates against Pittsburgh, but they've been really good since. And, they and now the Jags. they suddenly haven't, right? And Tampa's starting so well. Tom Brady, oh, but what? What's going on with Kansas City and now they're like winning games again because Patrick Mahomes is still a very very good quarterback and I like that we just don't know what the hell's going on and that's generally the theme in sports yeah. anyways right like it, it's kind of fun that we have this career but like really what are we talking about right let's let's not delve too much into that Everything because they're going to take us on TV stinkers. but yeah. like we we just don't know anything I'm the s- Patriots are sitting there man yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so glad you said we don't know and we couldn't know next week so this is a little game that I've been playing this NFL season and it's called who is good? I love it. So Who it's in the, the right NFL question. Is good. It's just and the I mean right good, question. It's just like when you look at a team, you go, yeah, conference championship for sure. So here's a little statistic for you: 19 of the 32 teams in the NFL are between five and seven wins. Only the Cardinals, Packers, and Titans have more than seven. Right. I follow up. Who is good just in the NFL? I just don't know. Are man. the Colts good? Are they a good football team? Are the Packers a good football team? Are the Chiefs good? Are the Cardinals good? All I know is that you look we at some have football teams. That's it. Like, I don't know who's good. And I'm, again, I'm very, very okay with this. I'm very, very okay with things just kind of playing themselves out and us not talking ourselves into a team right now because it's just fun to let these things go. Yeah, I, I mean, there are good teams, but what the difference with this year is that we've seen every single team have multiple stinkers. Yeah. And that usually doesn't happen. Whether yeah. the Chiefs struggled for, feels like, eight weeks. Cowboys stunk the last couple weeks. The Bills have had some issues. So it just feels like they're every single team, no matter who it is, is having difficulty or has had difficulty at some point of the season so far. Right. You know who's just having the most difficulty? It's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's they definitely stink. the Detroit yeah. Lions. Uh, week 12 in the NFL kicks off in less than 48 hours. The annual American Thanksgiving tradition triple header. It begins with the 3-7 and seven Bears led by Andy Dalton going up against Tim Boyle. And the winless Lions. That's what huh? kicks us off for the triple header. Detroit, <laughs> they've hosted a Thanksgiving game every year dating back to 1934. Gents, is it time to end that tradition for Detroit? Chelsea, you put your hand up for some reason. Well, you don't I, I need can to make have a that case. formality in this place right you can now. Make you don't it, need to put your hand up. Can Go we ahead. put that board up one more time? I can make a case that every single one of these games is bad. Yep. You can make a very compelling case. Sure. Obviously, the Bears and Lions. I sure. Mean, who's going to watch that? Part of this is because we're going to be on the air, too, so I want people watching our show and stuff. <laughs> but Raiders-Cowboys, Cow- the Raiders stink. And the Cowboys are going to be without CeeDee Lamb, most likely, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott's banged up, so they're You're in trouble. You're not answering the question. And then the You're Bills not answering the, the question. Yeah, 
the Lions should never play a Thanksgiving game again. No, here's like, why what, they what, should. What are they doing until they get a winning record? Like, why do they deserve just because of tradition? No, here's it's why. It's 2021. It's enough already. Here's get why them out of that game. Listen, Jesse, I really – listen, you got to respect – that there's more than one person talking. I know in the corner you don't get to talk to. Like, you know, there's more than us here, okay, right now. Okay, so please. I appreciate your thought. Here's why the Lions should continue to stay on Thanksgiving Day, okay? No. no I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I didn't even give a thought. And you're saying, no, my guy, please take a deep breath. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because there's a, in any holiday, you need to ignore something, right? Like, you need to focus on family at some point. You need to focus on food at some point. You need to focus on the gift giving. I don't really know too much about Thanksgiving, to be honest with you. But, but. <laughs> You can ignore a game and not feel like you're missing something of relevance or value. Thank you, Detroit Lions, oh, for providing okay. people like that it. opportunity. Yeah. You know, your family's not going to let you sit through three football games on Thanksgiving or your friends or whatever. Okay, I will sacrifice Bears-Lions for the purpose of my family. I will be in their good graces. We will all eat together, and then we will watch the rest of the games together. Goodbye, Lions. I don't care about you, Kevin. Yes, so, I care about you, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah, I shut up I was just giving it back to you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to my Thanksgiving gift from you. Uh, the NFL tweeted <laughs> this know, out. Man. I, I mean, the NFL is doing everything they can to try and generate some interest in this. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great, right, guys? Wow. Well, Faze, cool you graphic. said, I don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, well, apparently Horace, he wants to talk to his aunt and uncles this year. That's so he gets it. He no, Horace gets it. Horace gets it. Do. Like, why would they even put Andy Dalton and Tim Boyle on that graphic is my question. Like, why, why, even, why even advertise it? Sex sells, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, we got a lot more to come on the show today. Uh, James Sharman stops by to talk Man United, TFC, CPL. Canadian soccer, which had another huge massive, day. Massive. They have a huge day all the time now. Uh, plus, Kyle Bukowski and his hair bring the average age of the show down even more somehow. And up next, it's the Tuesday roundtable as the ringers Kevin O'Connor, KOC, and the man with 10 jobs, Julie McKenzie, they join us. Tim and friends. No Tim. Still fun? Still fun. Yeah, let's go. Friends with benefits? Let's okay. go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Who's the best team from Alberta? Here's Somehow, Markstrom was able to keep it out. Flames fans really enjoying what they're seeing in this one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stewart and LeBron. Isaiah's going after him. Here goes Stewart. That's nuts. Now, this is ridiculous. He was upset for a reason. We're going to protect our brother. I don't know what he was trying to do. Kyle Goodman, what do you think of his fashion? You should stop wearing Andre the Giant's hand-me-down. That's awful. Sweater season. Go big or go home, right? It is Tuesday, I think, which means in these parts, it's time for the roundtable. You already know one of the guests hanging out here today. It's the one and only Mr. Jesse Rubinov. Jesse, what up? You get to up, be guys? on this side of the roundtable. You yeah, feeling good? Of course. Love it. Looking forward to it. Got some two great guests, too. Yes, yes, we do. Let's introduce them right now. One of my absolute favorite people to follow on basketball Twitter. One of my mm. favorite people to talk to in general. Recently seen slandering the Sacramento Kings on Twitter. I think he's been <laughs> bullied into bigging up the Raptors as well. And we'll talk about that. The one, the only, from the ringer, Kevin O'Connor. KOC, how you doing? 
I am doing wonderful today, guys. How about y'all? Uh, doing great. An early happy Thanksgiving. I know you're down south and uh, you get to spend time with your family. So happy Thanksgiving <laughs> from everybody here in Canada. The entire country That's says nice. happy Thanksgiving yeah. to Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah, you're welcome. You got to thank all 31 million of us, though, at some point, but that's okay. Uh, listen, not to disrespect our other panelists, but if I list all the jobs he does, we would not have time for this roundtable at all. You've seen him in these parts before, Julian McKenzie. What up, man? How you doing? Doing very well. Looking forward to Thanksgiving Thursday being just a regular Thursday for me, just like you guys. <laughs> We're just calling it Thursday in these parts, man, but that's okay. That's okay. Listen, before we get into anything, uh, we touched on at the start of the show the stupidest injuries we've ever encountered. I sliced the top of my finger off this week, the potato peeler. Uh, it is still bleeding. So, Kevin, I got to ask you the dumbest injury you've ever encountered in your life. Oh, dumbest injury that I've ever personally had. I haven't had many injuries. Like, wow, really what a life I've you've lived, played, man. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've been pretty lucky. I had a really bad black eye playing pickup basketball. Yeah. From my friend Bob just sucked me in the face with his elbow. <laughs> Bob, years ago. classic <laughs> Bob, man. Yeah. Classic, classic Bob, man. <laughs> Julian, you got one? Uh, when I was younger in elementary school, one of my friends was, uh, we were like horsing around the schoolyard and he reached for my hat and he accidentally scratched my forehead. Oh God. And that's why I have this like very like faint mark. Oh, like, still there. like that's like, there for life. What, well, what's funny too is when I was like two years old as well in the exact same spot, uh, I think I ran into a wall and I also <laughs> cut that. So he literally like scratched like this bruise. So yeah, that's probably the dumbest Wait, injury. Do you remember the hat you were wearing and why was it I so coveted it. by your guy? I don't know why it was coveted by my dog. Uh, I don't remember the hat. I don't even have it. I was like in sixth grade when yeah. that happened. So it's not even like I have it anymore. Yeah, he could have had that hat, man, I guess. Uh, you know what? It's kind of fitting. We're talking about a couple of head injuries here because LeBron James, Kevin O'Connor, suspended for uh, I don't know what that was, a punch, an elbow or something. Um, uh, listen, it led to one of the more entertaining on-court incidents in a while. But again, it wasn't a fight. It wasn't a battle. It wasn't like a beef. It was all... Hold me back, hold me back. 15 people are in front of me. Let me run through this like I'm Isaiah Stewart right now. But, you know, it led to a suspension of one LeBron James KOC. And with the Lakers playing the Knicks at MSG, I thought no way, no how was Adam Silver going to suspend LeBron James. So were you surprised by the discipline for LBJ? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, especially considering Jokic also got one game for running and knocking over Morris from behind just a couple of weeks back when that happened. Um, so one game, uh, I think it's fair. Yeah. But ultimately, I, like with my friend Bob hitting me in the face many years ago, <laughs> as I said, I, I don't think this is necessarily purposeful to hit him in the face and make him bleed like that. It was just probably trying to make physical contact. Yeah. Just like we've seen across the NBA this season, for better or for worse, uh, with all the physicality that's happening with the new rule changes. Julian, was that you? Were you Isaiah Stewart when that hat was trying to get ripped off your head and you were scratching, bleeding from your head, trying to run at him with guys holding you back or what? No, I, I think I was a little bit more in shock. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll say this about Isaiah Stewart. Like, just watching some of the memes that have popped up of him running. Like, there was one going off today with, like, when you're when you talk back at like your mom and then you see like Isaiah Stewart like running back, like Faisal might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or Jesse does. No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like no it's, it's a bit of a brutal yeah. thing going on. And I too am surprised that LeBron got suspended considering the game coming up. But uh, it is interesting to see Adam Silver not play favorites with this mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, I just wonder how that conversation goes with LeBron, right? It's like nobody expected him to get suspended. Like nobody. So, so who, who's calling? Yeah, him? who had to tell him? KOC. Who do you think had to tell yeah. LeBron James that like, he was suspended? 
Boy, Adam Silver himself. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like, you just, nobody anticipates LeBron James ever getting suspended. So you would just think that it has to come from the top of the top in the NBA to actually come down. I was actually more surprised that um, Isaiah Stewart didn't get more than two games. Because yeah. if you think about the difference between what happened, like LeBron, yeah, it's kind of incidental contact, I guess. He did punch him in the face, but he gets one game. And Isaiah Stewart, there were like 10 guys trying to keep him back. <laughs> Five separate times he said he was cool and then came back. Then he went running in the tunnel. You just thought like maybe they're setting like not great of a precedent here by only suspending him two games. But that's just what I thought when I looked at that incident. Well, listen, we want to create a bit of a virtual fight here between the two of you, okay? No blood, no punches, no uh, <laughs> fake tough guy here. But I know you're both big football fans and... Kevin O'Connor, you are in Massachusetts right now, a fan of the Patriots. Mm. I don't know if you know this about Julian McKenzie here, a fan of the New York Jets. And so oh, it felt like both. Yeah, oh. I know. We all are. We all are. It felt Why like. Why are trying to embarrass me on national Listen, <laughs> listen, like, listen. This? No, listen. We're trying to give you. I came here with good vibes, bro. And now this. Now everybody knows that I'm a Jets fan. Yeah. I definitely can't quit the fan base. So you're embarrassed. I was going to say, you, you're embarrassed, man, to, to be a Jets fan? You just lied. Oh, I'm high. Here's the thing, right? Like. It, like, I'm high-key embarrassed, but also whenever the Jets do well, like, when they won against the Titans this year, I was so happy. Like, I got, like, I was, like, watching in my bed. I, like, got up, and I was just, like, just pumping my fists just like this. Like, I have no soul when it comes to the Jets. So if you, like, diss me up for anything, like, who cares? Like, you're literally punching down. But best believe when something good happens, I will punch up. Yeah, it's going to be a long time, though, my guy. Like, you're not punching up for a very oh, – you yeah. know that, right? Okay. You know that. Dude, dude, I'm a Jets fan and just like you, a United fan. Times oh, are hard. I know. Hey, not today, though. Times not are today. hard. We not got today. A, a little bit today, of happiness today. A little bit. Times are hard, but you know what? When the day is going to get good, the dawn of a new day or whenever the heck that is, I'm going to be there. It's, I'm going to be happy. It literally no is whenever the heck that is because it's been a long, <laughs> long time since you hoped for that. Listen, KFC, uh, I feel like it's not fair then to pick on the Jets guy that's also picking on himself. So I'll just ask you in general about your Patriots. Uh, are you a bit surprised at where they've gone so far mm. this year? I mean, considering the start with New England, this is absolutely surprising for them to be top of the AFC East before they even faced the Buffalo Bills twice. I mean, two <laughs> games in the next three weeks after they faced the Titans, another big game coming up. But with this Patriots team, man, like I, I, I'm a believer in them because of their defense and their offensive line. I mean, think about how do you win football games with a young quarterback and surrounding that player with stabilizers. Their defense is dominant, absolutely dominant. Secondary, front seven's dominant. And then the offensive line, now that it's finally healthy they're giving mac jones time to just manage the game and not make mistakes and so you got the bills you know right behind him right now but josh allen's up and down all the time I, i'm i'm really feeling good about this the stability of this patriots team. i love this and, and I, I think they're gonna come out on top in the afc East. again whether they move on in the playoffs we'll see <laughs> this but is i think they're gonna come out on top this is my request to have koc be the football analyst for this show going <laughs> forward because man that was some insight man that was good yeah no i i just think when you look at the patriots nowadays they, they finally have the quarterback that i think they wanted since tom brady moved on it's someone who doesn't turn the ball over as much who plays within the system and they're establishing the run now, too, which is something that they had some difficulty doing in the past. They have Damian <laughs> Harris now. Ramondre Stevenson had a couple great games. Uh, so I think they're, they're more of a complete team than people give them credit for. And, of course, when you look at the sideline and you have Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels doing all the, the heavy lifting over there on the sidelines, they're going to do some damage. So I do think they're probably the most complete team in the AFC East. 
when you look at it right now, the Bills need to turn things around quickly. All right, that's too much sports talk for me. So, KOC, did you see Iman Shumpert winning Dancing, Dancing with the Stars? Uh, I watched uh, the, the highlights on Twitter. Yeah, which is great. Fair. He was so very good, impressive. right? Like, oh, my God. He's jacked, too. First, first sure of all, he, he, is, he, he is very jacked. Like. He's very jacked. But yeah. the agility my guy had was what I was so impressed with, which leads me to the question, Julian. What NHL player do you think would do the best on Dancing with the Stars? That's a really interesting question. Yeah, <laughs> only interesting like, questions here. I feel like PK might actually do a pretty decent yeah, job at yeah. it, but I don't. Hopefully, his back doesn't like crap out on him. <laughs> but I also just think that like he has the personality to also mm-hmm. like kind of make it work on that show. I think some of the other guys might be a little bit stiff, and I can't really think of anyone else who might match it. So PK can definitely ham it up with all like the extracurriculars and stuff, and I think his footwork should be still solid enough to do that. So I think he might do the best of anyone, but I could be totally wrong. Uh, and we're not uh, we're not going to have any of these players have to prove that at least not until they're retired but man I'm, <laughs> I'm just watching Iman Shumpert and I've watched it on Twitter every single week when I saw the clips get posted and it seems like if you didn't know that this guy was an NBA player Kevin he would you would just think that this is a born dancer because he didn't look out of place at all I mean, even from the beginning, his first week right. doing it, he looks really smooth. I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if he didn't have at least some minor dancing experience in the past. I mean, look at these highlights. Oh guy my can God. move. It's impressive. Smile on his Two face. Words. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tiana fun. Taylor. <laughs> Tiana Taylor, his girl. <laughs> she can dance. She's able to, like, you yeah. know, do the singing, and she's doing all the artist stuff, but she can actually dance. I don't know if y'all remember the Kanye West fade video. She can dance. Yeah. Oh, I'm no, we pretty remember. sure he... <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. I know we all we do. Remember. I'm pretty sure Iman like took some tips from Tiana uh, before he got <laughs> on that show. Big up to him for winning. Kevin, I know you've been doing those, those uh, NBA breakdowns. I know you did one on an OG not too long ago. Uh, so I think we might need to get some Dancing with the Stars little breakdown. Yeah, for, yeah from, I mean, you can break KFC. down football. You can break down basketball. Yeah, he's doing it all. KFC, listen, you're not doing enough. I Man, feel like you need to start breaking down Dancing with the Stars. I, I cannot break down Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see me dance. You just did. You might you break, did. You might break down <laughs> Dancing, but you can't break down Dancing. Oh, no. That's listen, for sure. <laughs> I, I want to get into that OG piece uh, that you did. But mm-hmm. first, I got to ask, like, do you feel like you've been bullied by Raptors Twitter no. to put out more? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm just they, kidding. They, of they have bullied, but I don't feel the bullying. Okay, good. So you, you chose out of your own free will to do yes. this breakdown on OG and Obi. Why? Because he's gotten better every single year. Yeah. I think a guy like that deserves to be highlighted. Think about OG and Obi. What was OG when he was a rookie? OG was somebody who was like, can he shoot jump shots reliably? How, what's he going to be like as a shot creator? And then he becomes a guy who's running pick and roll for Toronto. And when Pascal Siakam was out, you saw him running isolations. He's creating offense. And not that it was always smooth for him, but the level of development that he's had, like with the touches per game, it, it's, it's mind-blowing and really a credit to him as a player, but also the Raptors with their long history of amazing player development. It, it's, it's remarkable to see him get better. I like that you mentioned player development, and that's something I want to talk to you guys about in part two of our roundtable right after this break. You two Let's good go. to stick around for a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we are going to take a break, but more with Julian McKenzie, Kevin O'Connor, Jesse Rubinoff, Kevin Mickey, and myself. It is Tim and friends, sans Tim, all friends. We'll be back in a flash. It is Tim and friends on a Tuesday. No Tim, Facebook, Kamisa, Jesse Rubinoff are... 
Roundtable guests Julian McKenzie and Kevin O'Connor here kicking it with us for one more block. Kevin Mickey is also here, and I do not want to exclude him. And we asked at the <laughs> beginning of the show, of course, thank you for the wave. Uh, we asked at the beginning of the show for some of you guys to send in your dumbest injuries. Kevin, I know you got a couple here, so let's uh, let's bring up a couple and then... Yeah, break them down with our panel. Let's do it. So, I mean, this is the tweet that we sent out. Make sure to head over to Tim and Friends. Thank you. Faze, cut his finger. What's yeah. the stupidest injury you've ever had? First, let's start with Eric Engels, who tweeted in. <laughs> uh, Mont- our Sportsnet's Montreal reporter, Montreal Canadiens, uh, was trying to flop a golf ball over a rock wall, but with a wrong-handed club, but hit the wall, and then me, right eyebrow, <laughs> oh where God. I still have a scar. Yeah. But he says the good news yeah. is that it immediately served as a way to tell him and his twin brother apart. You know what? And then he just wanted to throw in that Kevin is clearly the smart one, and Kevin is definitely not his twin brother. Kevin is definitely me in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> There's two Kevins here that it could be referring to. Oh, so, actually, yeah, it could be yeah, Kevin yeah, O'Connor, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to go with, I mean, Kevin O'Connor's a handsome man, but also, I mean. It feels like, it feels like Mickey, a lot of these are sports-related. What's the most random one you've gotten so far beyond that? That, that was a stupid one. So, and if it's a sports one, that's here's, fine. Here's one that will, you'll be able to relate to. Thank you. Uh, will Murray says, once cut myself grabbing the vegetable peeler out of a sink of water, honest to God, a bullet would have <laughs> yeah. left less blood. But this Solidarity is, so this is the point I wanted to make at the beginning of the show because, like, it's been 70 hours or so since I've done it. And I have I had to replace the Band-Aid every, like, six hours because it's still – I feel like I should go seek medical attention for this, but – I'm not willing to right now. I feel like this injury is a lot more common than you would think. Yeah, well, again, uh, I'm an idiot. Like, vegetable so, peelers yeah. is <laughs> yeah. it's like I guess I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we teased before the break with Kevin O'Connor and Julian McKenzie uh, development and prospect development. We talked about the Raptors having a good system and OG Ananobi falling into it and now emerging as, uh, you know, what Raptors fans are hoping to be a next star in this league. Scotty Barnes has already started off. Julian, I want to talk to you about development in hockey as well. And this is more of a general point, I guess, to, to both of you, but specifically with regard to the Montreal Canadiens. There was some anger when Cole Caulfield was sent down earlier this year. There was subsequent anger when he was called back up this year, given how the team was doing. What do you think the right approach is for a team that's not really succeeding in terms of wins but has a dynamic player like that that you know has had the ability to succeed? We saw what he was able to do in the playoff. Lee fans know all about that, of course. But when you have a young team, is there more benefit to sending a guy down and letting him develop some confidence or allowing him to go through some growing pains with the big club? Here's my thing about it. I think for whichever team finds itself in a situation where they have a player like that and they're trying to make a decision with their development, whether it's to keep them up in the NHL or to send them down to the AHL for more development, I think that team just has to pick a side. Mm -hmm. Whether they think it's more beneficial for them to just kind of go through the growing pains of the NHL, try to commit to it as much as you can. And I think for a guy like Cole Caulfield, who showed in limited action uh, in the playoffs last year, and even in the first few games he had with the Canadians before we got sent down, I'll say this, like, he only had one. He only has one assist to this point, or at least he had one assist in the first ten games he played with the Canadians. But in so many of those games, I could point to a moment where he's skating up the ice and he's making defenders look like fools. Mm-hmm. He's trying to set up plays, even though he's not getting goals in. He's at least showing that he can belong in the National Hockey League. And one big reason why so many people were concerned about the fact that he was called up as soon as he was is obviously the track record with the Canadians when it comes to developing prospects is, has obviously been in question over the last how many years, but fans do not want this prospect in particular in Cole Caulfield to be yo-yoed essentially. So it's like, you know, he's in the NHL, then he's back in the HL. He's in the NHL, then he's back in the HL. I would think for the Canadians and I, and I guess that's just my philosophy, I guess for whatever you do with the prospect, uh, just 
pick a side and don't try to mess with that player's confidence. If you want them to get their seasoning in the American Hockey League, give them a sufficient amount of time to do so before you say, hey, let's call them back. If you want to live and die by mm-hmm. them making mistakes in the National Hockey League, just stick to it mm-hmm. and don't just, you know, back out on it after three games. So just my answer to that question is just whatever one you, whichever one you do, just pick a side. Do you think there's any pressure, Kevin? I'll, I'll defer to you here in, in talking about sports in general. Do you think there's any pressure from management to to put those young players in more of an opportunity to succeed given the hype that kind of surrounds them. We see it in basketball all the time, especially, and and we know Twitter's not a real indication of how life is run, but when you're immersed (laughs) in it all the time in in terms of sports kind of knowledge and and conversation, uh, it becomes difficult to see some of the uh, tough critics that, are sitting on that platform when it comes to young players in sports. They're so quick to dismiss them. And if you do that, sometimes you don't get an OG Ananobi emerging after a couple years or a Cole Caulfield or a Nick Suzuki or whatever the case may be. Do you think patience is is needed a little bit more, Kevin, when it comes to some of these younger guys? Yeah, I think patience from an ownership and front office perspective is absolutely needed because, like you mentioned, Twitter. Twitter's not real, like a representation right, of, right. of you know everything in life, but it can put pressure on owners or front offices that are under pre- that that feel like we gotta we gotta be good right away. And I think one of the things like Toronto Raptors or San Antonio Spurs, some of these great organizations in the NBA have done over the years is. They don't worry about that. That's yeah. just that's just background noise to them. And they're going to develop players in each respective way that they feel like is best for that player. And I, I think, like you said, Julian, the yo-yo aspect that some of the players have to go through from going to the majors to the minors, that can be difficult. And that's why the best organizations usually have an idea of like, okay, this is a guy who needs minutes. We're going to keep him in the minors, in the G League, in the AHL, and get him consistent minutes. And the good teams like Toronto – over the course of time, like during the DeRozan Lowry era, they're just developing all these guys off the bench over the course of time. Some of them not even getting consistent opportunity in minutes because their development is so good behind the scenes with what's what's going on at practices, mm. what's going on in film sessions, and just the mentors around those players. So it's all of these things combined yeah. that lead a player to being a productive uh, player when they do reach their prime. Uh, Jesse, you see a lot of this being the social you know, guru here at Tim and Friends. You see a lot of people's reactions to, to sports topics here. What do you think the general fan reaction is when their favorite players or young player has a bad Do you think they've evolved to be that patient type of fan, or do you think there's still too much anger out there amongst the fan bases? I think the players need to turn off their mentions, basically, is what I, what I think. Because uh, if you struggle in today's day and age, there is no patience on Twitter. None whatsoever. Not on social media. Mm-hmm. People demand things from you. Immediately, it feels dangerous, when, right? Like, because dangerous. kids are so young when they're getting into the pro leagues yeah, these days that you we're forgetting about the mental part of their game. For sure, right? and I, and I don't want to. It doesn't just limit it to, to rookies. Like we see what what happens with Pascal Siakam right now. He has a couple bad games, yeah. And we we're preaching patience on the show, and he's what six games into being back from injury now, and people are already saying, "Oh, he should be traded." They're demanding more of Pascal, and this is the nature of sports in 2021. People yeah. are constantly having an opinion. And there is no patience. So to KOC's point, I think it's incumbent on the front offices and the coaching staffs to really have the patience because it's not going to come from the fan base. 
Yeah, again, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to be a fan. You're, you're entitled to be whatever you want, but yeah. I think sometimes a lot of people take it a little bit too far and forgetting For sure. that these are young human beings that are trying to become professionals in their field. In any other industry, you're given a bit of patience and leeway to get there versus in professional sports where uh, there seems to be an entitlement sometimes among fans and amongst players to, to think they should be there right away. Um, listen, we, we got too serious for a while, so we need to bring it back in and have a little bit more fun and put some smiles on your faces. And listen, and I, you know, part of the reason I wanted both of you on is for your fashion sense and for your fashion style. And so it feels like a good opportunity to bring up a couple of fashion. Um, I, I don't want to say takes, but fashion uh, examples that have kind of emerged in the sports world over the last couple mm. of days. So we've got a hockey one. We've got a basketball one. I, I want to start with the hockey one yeah. right now. And Julian, we'll start with you, of course. The New Jersey Devils putting out this jersey. Now, Literally. you know, a double entendre of sorts because, <laughs> yes, they play in New Jersey. But, yes, that is a jersey. So your thoughts on whatever that is? So I don't hate it. And I know okay. it's a shock. And I know a lot of people are all like, oh, it's a pretty disgusting jersey. It <laughs> looks like a knockoff. You're like saying people have hot takes on clothes? Yeah, of course <laughs> they do. Your fan it voice? looks like a yeah. knockoff of a bad team from the Mighty Ducks film franchise. I love your fan voice. It, it's so looks good. like the Iceland jersey. It's so good. Yeah. To your take about, like, telling fans how to behave, Faisal, you absolutely can. Because <laughs> but with this jersey, here's the thing. I think they were pretty close to getting, like, a pretty decent jersey out of this. Like, yeah. there's way too much piping on the, on the yeah, sleeves here. <laughs> and I understand that the jersey looks a little too close to what uh, the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks yeah. did, a few years ago, did a few years ago. But, like with a few alterations like i love the three stripes on the shoulders i know it's an adidas jersey it, it's it's fine like it, it could work like like the jersey on it like we're of a generation where we see people wear basic stuff like that like all the time well not all the time but like that's not unfamiliar they might drop this hat too though they might drop this hat come on that's too come good. on like the sdpn the sdpn put out something similar yeah, I'm sure a saw, bunch of people bought a bunch of those hats so like I don't think it's that bad. There are so many other worse jerseys. I think the overreaction is way too crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's like an amazing jersey, but like it's not. The, it's not worth all the vitriol like, that's kind of been there, right? That's that's fair. It's Listen, not that bad. Kevin, we we see NBA teams in their city jerseys. Fans hate them. Fans love them. What do you think of the very basic jersey jersey that we just showed you? Um, it's kind of odd. I feel like the <laughs> strikes remind me of either like a zebra or like a prison uniform. <laughs> That's what I think of when I see the black and white there. Or a referee. Oh All right. We, we've got a minute left, so I want to get to this as well. Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma and uh, his very very big sweater walking into oh the arena gosh. in uh, i imagine i think that's washington um i mean julian you hit me with the oh my god so i'm, I'm just gonna go to you and say uh, wh where do you Bro. go here Bro, did he say that like that he wore it because it was too cold? Yeah, Come on, dog. but like there's enough space nah. in there where the wind's gonna. This is like when my older cousins would give me their nah. clothes, and my parents would just be like, "No, you're wearing this now until you grow into it." Right, Kevin? As the basketball expert hey. um, and the fashion hey. expert here, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, look, he, Kyle Kuz was going to have a post-playing career as a celebrity. He paid $1,500 for, like, I don't know how many Instagram, Twitter followers, how many mentions he got from that. But whatever he paid, it was worth it. But does it look good? No. The answer is no. It does not look good. No. But for social media reasons, it's good, perfect. good investment. By it's Kuzma. perfect. He was he was defending himself in the comments as well. Listen, Kevin, Julian, we appreciate your time. Jesse, you, of course, as well. Thank you so much for kicking it here with me, guys. Thank you. Of course. All right. It, it is time for a break. When we come back, we'll get to the news of the day. Plus, we'll be joined by 
Kyle Bukowskis, and uh, we're going to talk hair. No, we're going to talk hockey, sorry, and have a little bit more fun. Tim and Friends without Tim continues next. Friends of the show this time around. Thank you, Sheepdogs. We are back here for our number two. Faisal Kamisa, Jesse Rubinoff, Kevin Mickey also kicking it here with us. Jesse, so far so good. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'll say that the lights from this perspective are a little bit brighter and a little really? bit hotter. Yeah, yeah. Sweating a little bit, okay. a little bit more. But Kev, how are you doing over there? You all right? I'm actually quite comfortable. I mean, his yeah. sleeves rolled up, no blazer. He actually wins today for the fit because it is... A little bit hotter in here than usual, and so thank you. I feel great. Uh, you, you're doing great as well. No, you oh. think it's hot because you're how many layers you got on right now? Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen and ch- seventeen and chest hair. That is uh, that is the problem. Donovan had the same issue yesterday. Um, DJ sh- came in here and was wearing like a vest, a jacket, <laughs> a sweater. Shout out my legend. shout out yeah. my mom by the way for texting. <laughs> what vegetable were you peeling? And I don't know if she said it like that, but What's she absolutely answer? said it like that. It was answer? potatoes. It was right. potatoes. It was potatoes. I don't even. Is a potato a vegetable? You're going to put me on the wow. spot right now. I don't know. I'm just asking. Right, right. If, is there yes. a general consensus? Yes. It is, right? Okay, yeah, cool. Potato, yes. All right, coming up. Uh, yes. Kabakoskis on the way shortly. Plus, <laughs> James Sharman exclusively on Sportsnet 360 in the last half hour. All things soccer with him. We're going to have a lot of fun there as well. Let's start, though, with some hockey. Mm. The Calgary Flames, we touched on them coming off a seven-game road trip. They picked up 10 points, a respectable 10 points, back on home ice against Chicago. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 at 9 Eastern time. Let us head to Calgary right now and get more from Ryan Leslie. Ryan. Well, Faisal, the Calgary Flames have to be considered one of the top stories in the National Hockey League. They return home to take on the Blackhawks after coming uh, home from an Eastern road trip where they had a seven-game, 11-day trip that saw them pick up 10 of a possible 14 points. And you can point the finger at a number of intriguing storylines. Andrew Mangiapane tied for second in goals with 15. Johnny Gaudreau, player of the week, he was joking about Mangiapane saying, hey, wait a minute, everybody's giving him the gears. Mangiapane, that is, about only having two assists. He doesn't remember how to pass anymore. Goals are the name of the game, but all kinds of offense. But how about the goaltending, too? It's Markstrom who will get the nod tonight against the Hawks. He only has five shutouts on the season. The team combined for seven shutouts this year. It's really been a feel-good story in Calgary, and certainly one where they're looking to keep the momentum going against a Blackhawks team that from the outside might be considered a trap game. It's the first game home, and they won't play again after this one until Saturday. Back to you guys. Some spice in the battle of Alberta now, finally. Uh, thanks, Ryan. The Oilers starting a three-game road trip tonight in Dallas. Stuart Skinner got the call for the third straight game after winning the last two. Jake Ottinger starts in net for Dallas. The Stars have won three of four. Their first three regulation wins all season phase has been ugly. We've also got the Flyers and the Lightning coming up on Sportsnet at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific time. Philly, they've lost two straight for the first time all season long. They start a stretch of three games in four nights against the Lightning, Panthers, and Hurricanes. Tampa, meanwhile, entering the night four points behind the Maple Leafs in the Atlantic. They got three games in hand, though. They got some bad news, though, too. Braden Point out four to six weeks. They're calling it an upper Yikes. body injury. Tough loss. Pretty good player, Braden Point. Uh, the Sens returned to the ice last night after their COVID layoff and. Hung tough in Colorado, but lost 7-5. They're back at it in San Jose tomorrow, and the struggling Tim Stutzla will likely play center after practicing there today. Stutzla says he hasn't played center for three years. 
is just one goal and seven points in 16 games this season. Big news from baseball as the Rays have locked up their young star shortstop Wander Franco. The deal is reportedly 11 years at around $182 million. Must be nice, eh, Pace? It's got a 12-year option and a maximum value of $223 million. It's seen as a team-friendly deal despite the fact that Franco has only played 70 major league games. The 20-year-old prospect, top prospect, was impressive as a rookie and is now locked up long-term with the Rays. Potentially see him in Montreal. Yeah, you know Wander, what I mean? Wander Francophone. That would be great, nice. man. Yeah, I love that. Listen, Champions League action after a long time was back this week. Match day five, of course, the group's starting to take shape. Uh, what's this team? Manchester United? Manchester, never heard of them. Manchester United <laughs> in Spain to face Villarreal. Their first game, of course, since firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer over the weekend and making me cry, <coughs> cry once again. Ole, Ole, Ole. Ole. Michael Carrick. Yes, first game as Menu's interim manager after Solskjaer. Got the sack, or respectfully left, on his own terms. 59th minute. Look at this save. David De Gea. Get in. Look at that. Big save on Mano Trigueros. Keeping this game tied at zip. 78th minute. Couldn't do this in the Europa League final, could you? Geronimo Rulli. Gives the ball away to Cristiano Ronaldo. Fred made a play. Ronaldo chips at home. His sixth goal in five Champions matches. One nil. Manchester United. 90th minute. Marcus Rashford to Jaden Sancho. Finally, first contribution on the score sheet since joining the Red Devils after a really, really tough week. United. Well, they're going through to the knockout round of the Champions League, winning two nil. The final. All right, Champs League sticking with it. Lille and Salzburg. Lille still haven't scored a goal at home in this Champions League. 31st minute, Lille on the attack. Burek Yilmaz takes it into the area, falls to the Canadian. Jonathan David smashes it into the back of the net. David now has eight of Lille's last 10 goals. Lille wins it 1-0 and go to the top of their group with one game to play. This guy's ridiculous. He is ridiculous. Canada soccer on the wave. Dinamo Kiev, Bayern Munich. Speaking of Canadians, despite winter conditions in Kiev, we get this hot goal from Robert Lewandowski. Tabar will flash it in with something of a hit and hope, and then a stunning, spectacular finish to open the scoring from who else but Robert Lewandowski. This season's top scorer is at it again in the Champions League with a breathtaking goal. I know producer Thomas Dobby would love this. When the ball turns neon, whether it's yellow or orange, you know you're in for some good football. Bayern locking up top spot in Group E2 on the final, but man of the match? Canadian Alfonso Davies. We're of on course wave, he was. Baby. Of course he was. Canadian soccer on a wave. We're going to have much more soccer talk with James Sharman later on. The draw was held today for the FIBA Women's World Cup qualifying tournaments. Canada's women will head to Japan in February, where they will try to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Canada was drawn with the hosts Japan, along with Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Belarus. The top three teams in each group qualify for the World Cup, which goes in Australia beginning in September. Canada are still without a head coach, but will be big favorites along with Japan to advance, and you'll be able to see the qualifiers on Sportsnet. Love that. All right. We're now joined by a man who is very much a veteran broadcaster, but actually brings the age down in this studio at this time. Kyle Bukoskis joining us right now. Kyle, thanks so much for doing this. How you doing, man? Look at the hair. Veteran. I'm not sure how to feel about that, guys. Good to yeah. be on with you. It's good to see you. 
Listen, we've been asking people, of course, who have joined us today what their dumbest injury was. <laughs> this was set off because of me peeling off parts of my finger while peeling potatoes on Sunday. And we talked about our dumbest. Some people have sent in theirs. And if you haven't yet, please, at Tim and Friends, send in your craziest injuries ever. Kyle, do you have a crazy injury story that you can share with us? I don't know if it was crazy. Like, so I grew up on Vancouver Island. I did a lot of mountain biking in the summer. And, and one time I was up the hill and just like in a moment of sheer stupidity and my own indecision about should I go left? Could I go straight? I could do either one, but like my body went one way and my bike <laughs> went the other. And I th- like, I think I bruised my rib. It certainly felt that way. I never actually, thankfully, didn't have to go to the hospital, but was bedridden for a couple of days. That um, was just more a dumb move on my own part because it was completely avoidable. And yet I was laid up in bed for the next couple because of it. Your hair didn't move, though, that's, right? That's the most appropriate follow-up question that we got asked. Did your hair move? Yeah. Well, the helmet kept it locked in. Yeah, that, I mean, some would say that is the helmet. It's like some would say that yeah. is the helmet. One man. day you're going to have to give us the, the rundown on how you get it to uh, not move at all under any circumstances. Rain, shine, doesn't matter. Kyle Bukowski's hair does not move. Um, yeah. Any thought, Kyle? I'm sorry. I, well, I, didn't mean to cut I, I you just, off. I feel that's a. I, no, no, no. I, I feel that's a myth just because, especially out, as you know, Faisal, going to the rink in Canada, oh, like yeah. out in Ottawa, the wind gets oh, howling out there. And some yes. days we're like, you need a touch-up when you get into the <laughs> rink because it's ruthless. Have you ever? Have you listen? You've been in Ottawa for quite a quite a while now. Have you adjusted to the cold that comes there yet, or is it still like a shock mm. when you get out of your car or whatever mode of transportation you have and you step outside and that wind just makes you want to crawl up in the warmest blanket ever and just never leave your house? Have you adjusted to that yet? So the one bonus last year, there weren't many, but the one bonus last year about going to games there without any fans is that we were able to park like literally right next to the yeah, doors when nice. we went in. Because, you know, you have to cross the highway and it's like a trek sometimes. Yes, yes, it 20. is. So, no, I've never gotten used to it. Like <laughs> when the summertime rolls around, humidity, whatever, you'll never hear me complain. I For embrace sure. the heat. For the sure. winter is when the complaining comes out. And uh, it's like a completely doing it for the first time every single every, year. Every single That's time. Fun. Every single time. Kyle, all right, it's, it's time to get to some hockey talk. It's ultimately, aside from the hair conversation and the injuries, that's why we brought you on here. And I know you're working the Habs game oh, Wednesday yeah. night hockey. Surprise for uh, me too, Kyle. And, th- and then you're working the Habs again on Saturday. So why don't we begin with the Habs? Basically a quarter of the way through the season here. Uh, we're talking about Cole Caulfield, how some people think they need to pick a direction and where they need to go. Um, can the Habs find a way out of this rut, or do they just not have the personnel this year to make it happen? Uh, I mean, it seems like, you know, they can't keep going this way where they're winning five of every 20 games. Like, it seems like there's only one way to go but up. Um, Can they get back into the conversation? I'd be really surprised. I just, I wonder if we made enough of a deal at the start of the year about them being without Shea Weber and Carey mm. Price, knowing full well we very much made a big deal about being them being without those those two players. I just think, especially you know, going through the playoffs and, and the short turnaround and having those two there every day and whether it was something they said or just their sheer presence um, and knowing that it was like, all right, like they're here, we're, we're good, and, and you take that away. Like I can only imagine how uh, much of an effect that has, and then it just seemed like a snowball rolling down a hill. It was like one thing after another. Caulfield struggling out the gate. The goaltending isn't great defensively. You don't have Joel Edmondson. Things are a little rocky there. And they're in the position that that they're in. So um, can they turn it around? I think, yeah, there, there's, there has to be an uptick coming. Um, but in terms of, you know, where ultimately this ends up, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 
you know, maybe a little bit closer than the lottery conversation than, than they would like. Yeah. Um, I, I just wonder, you know, you, you don't want to be caught in, in no man's land, I guess, in, in terms of, of that equation. Mm-hmm. If you can see, you know, allow your young guys to, to continue to grow, someone like Nick Suzuki to get some confidence and traction going again, then uh, maybe you got that to look forward to uh, next season. But, man, there's just been – you think about – Goals for, goals against, power play, penalty kill, they're all bottom five in the league. Like, it's really tough to win when you're in the bottom of those four pretty important categories. I mean, obviously, it's been a drastic a change in direction for both those first-round teams in Montreal and the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. Toronto started their season a little bit slower, Kyle. I know you spent a lot of time covering them as well. They've looked amongst the best teams in the league since that relatively so start. What do you make of their season to date? And, you know, is, considering how bad it started, uh, how they've improved over the last month or so. What's amazing to me, guys, is that they're winning at the, the rate that they are of late, as you mentioned, had a fantastic November to date, but they're kind of middle of the pack in in five-on-five scoring, mm-hmm. and they were second in, in that category a year ago. Like That's how they've kind of made their money, if you will, over the regular season. Like Austin Matthews has been the most prolific five-on-five scorer since he's entered the league. He's got two through this point in the year, and it's not for the lack of effort, not for the lack of chances. It just hasn't gone in yet. Shooting percentage is way down, so... In, in that regard, I look at it as, you know, they're running pretty good here. And at some point, those numbers have to come back towards what is typical for this group. You know, I think the the absence of Zach Hyman is certainly a thing with this group. And trying to fill that void has been an ongoing effort, I think, for Sheldon Keefe and his coaching staff. And so where do you go from here? Michael Bunting looked good on, on Sunday. Do you load up that top line a la Colorado or Boston? Maybe that's a conversation that they're having uh, right now. I just think um, the positive is is that they're they're where they are without um, what's been their bread and butter for the last few years here in five-on-five scoring not being there yet. So um, it seems like for guys like Matthews, there's only one way to go but up. He's not going to be uh, putting up these types of numbers all year. And if things can go much towards the closer to the mean there for this group and you have to think that the wins are just going to continue to pile up goaltending's been great special teams both of them have been Mm -hmm. uh, very solid after kind of a tough start like there's there's a lot to to be excited for here moving forward for this group at least with you know as far as the regular season is concerned (laughs) yeah that's that's part of the follow-up there kyle um one of the things that's really been most impressive to me about the leafs is the the focus on team defense and the goaltending like at this point Given what Jack Campbell accomplished at the end of last season and what he's accomplished so far this season, like, are we at the point where it's no longer a fluke and the Leafs actually do have the goaltending that they need to make some noise here? Yeah, I guess, you know, you, you speak of making some noise. I imagine you're alluding to the playoffs. Like, until we get there, we won't really know. But um, for the fact that he's taken on the workload as as he has to this point and has kind of ran with it and just said, yeah, I'm feeling good. Like, give me the net and, and let's go here. So, um, you know, his his play has not been a mirage, I don't think. Like, we've got enough of a sample size to, to think that they can truly run with him. Um, you know, he did have some injury issues last year. And, you know, you knock on wood that um, that doesn't happen to, to Campbell here this year, um, you know, you want to see him healthy and in the lineup. So if that continues, like we haven't seen anything yet that suggests, you know, there's there's some chinks in in the armor here at, at any point. Like he just he's been calm, um, he's been cool, he's collected, and you know, you see how he is off the ice. Nothing's changed in, in that regard. Like he's still one of the nicest people in the world, it seems yeah. like. So uh, he's got everything going for him, and you know, you know that the the team plays hard in, in front of him, and he's got the respect inside that locker room. You know, much like Frederick Anderson did for a large part of, of his time in Toronto too. But um, you know, with I just think we're, we're at the point now where, you know, he's he's the guy. I, I don't know what to make of, of Peter Mrazek. He's starting to skate again. Great. 
late, but when he gets into the lineup, you know, is he able to to manage the the role of a, a backup or a one B guy? We just don't know that yet. So with Jack playing the way he is, uh, you know, keep it rolling because he he seems to seems to want to want to take the ball and run with it. My nice people power ranking is now one A Kyle Bukowskis, one B Jack Campbell. So yeah. I think that's a that's a very <laughs> fair hard to top ranking to have. Listen, yeah. Kyle, we have just a little bit over a minute left, so of course I need to get your fashion take. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, their jerseys uh, emerging on the internet today, and literally again, quite literally, a jersey that it's, if you had any yeah. a doubt as to what they were trying to advertise, it is exactly there for you. Your thoughts on this, please. Okay, so I feel there had to have been some diehard Senators fans that went deep into their closets today and pulled out those old third jerseys they used to have with yep. just sends yep. across the front and looked at them and went, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Um, I, like, do you, have any of you guys, did you guys ever watch the movie Spaceballs? Yeah, yeah, long time ago, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like, remember, like, the radar was called Mr. Radar. The coffee machine was called <laughs> Mr. Coffee. Like, that's what I think of when I see these jerseys. I, I'm really curious to where this goes. Like, it seems like they're embracing the fact that everybody, uh, most people are reacting negatively towards it. Kind of gives me the vibes of when Gritty was first introduced in yep. Philadelphia. And yep. They're like, we're tripling down on this guy. And look at this. We've already got the hat <laughs> labeled the hat. Like, Run with it. I, I'm very curious to where this is going. This is kind of be a, a lot of fun here moving forward. That hat will never touch the hair of Kyle Bukowskis, <laughs> though, because nothing should touch the hair <laughs> of one Kyle Bukowskis. Listen, Kyle, you are uh, you're the best, man. Thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate your perspective and your time. Thank you. Hey, this was fun, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. All right. More Tim and Friends coming up after this. We're going to talk some Blue Jays. We're going to get you to Hockey Central, of course, on Sportsnet, and we will share some more of your most random injuries. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Tim and Friends. No, Tim, just friends. Facebook me suggested Ruben enough. Kevin Mickey kicking it here with you. We'll get you to Hockey Central mm. on Sportsnet in just a hot second. Uh, a few minutes, of course. But we asked at the beginning of the show, and we've asked all our guests so far, and we've got some really good stories. What is the dumbest injury you've ever had inflicted on yourself? And, Kevin, people have sent in some wonderful ones, so please take it away. They've been coming in fast and furious. So obviously, this stems from... Phase, me, me. slicing his finger, trying to peel some potatoes, yep. which, by the way, are vegetables, so fries Thank are you. healthy. Yep. Let's People are up. questioning We weren't that sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. confidence yeah. there at all. No. So this one really made me laugh. This comes in from Forever Habs. I dropped my cell phone while I was talking on it, went to catch it, somehow cut my eyeball with my fingernail. Somehow it made me go blind in both eyes for like three days. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I had to call into work and explain this to my boss. How'd you know who to call? You can't drop the phone, though. That's you the got, most important thing. You, you got have Siri. To the Siri. Hey, Siri, cost. call work. Siri, help. Yeah, Siri, Please. help. I mean, it makes okay, a that's a pretty bad one. That's pretty bad. Phone's pretty expensive. random. He went blind. No, no, I know. That, like, okay, that's very bad. Pretty good. Fine. That's very bad. Bad and also great at the All right, same what else? time. Uh, this, one, this one also made me laugh. Well, you guys were on the round table. I had a little chuckle to myself. I saw it. Uh, Christy says, when I was 16, a clown jumped out and scared me in a haunted house. I ran out so fast, I missed all 11 stairs and oh, broke Christy. my leg. I'm so sorry. You can sue for that, no? I mean, I feel like you have to sign a waiver, and you know what's coming. You don't sign a waiver when Christ- you're 16 years old going into a haunted house. I feel like Christy you have to. Sue. I feel like Christy, Christy was flying out of that haunted house. <laughs> That's why nobody likes clowns. They lead to injuries. I hate clowns. I Everybody punched, I punched clowns. Chuck E. Cheese once. Anyways, that's a, that's a, <laughs> Chuck e. that's a story a for a different day. Story Chuck for another e. Cheese day. Isn't a clown, story though. for another day. I hate caricatures. All right, All that's right, a story yeah. for another day. Any more? Like or should we move on, Kevin? You got any more? 
we can catch some more later in the show. Let's yeah, catch yeah, some yeah. more later. We got, we got a bunch, of, we got a bunch <laughs> of news to get to, though, so why yeah. don't you uh, update us on what's going down? So a lot of news in the baseball world right now. Obviously, money flying around. Potentially, you know, we have a new CBA coming up. No one's sure, so let's throw some money around anyways. Um, in the meantime, the Yankees trying not to spend money as they've released – Clint Frazier and Rugen Odor. They have ah, both been... Poor Rugen. They are both gone. Now, I know that the <laughs> Jays in the past have been interested in Rugen... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, not at all. The Jays have been interested in Clint <laughs> Frazier. Uh, the Jays going to be looking for someone like Clint Frazier as we as we head into this offseason. I just feel like we're disrespecting Tyler Wade, who was also released by the team. So please <laughs> put some respect on Tyler Wade's name, Kevin. My apologies. That's okay. My apologies, FaZe. Yeah, no, I, I think... Obviously, you can always use reinforcements when it comes to the Blue Jays lineup, but the lineup has never really been, or not never, but in the last couple of years, the lineup hasn't been the issue, right? The issue has been pitching. Mm -hmm. So I think that when it comes to free agency and people who are going to be available, you're going to want to look for pitching because pitching and defense is ultimately, usually, what wins. So well, I, I would focus more on pitching. Speaking of Jays pitching, one of their speaking coveted of, free agents apparently is uh, seeking a lot of attention. That's right. Uh, Shai Davidi tweeted out, Blue Jays remain strongly in the mix for one Stephen Matz, who oh. is choosing between multiple suitors per source. A decision expected before Thanksgiving, which is on Thursday. So Matz Watch 2021 yeah. continues. Like, how did we get to this point? That's the question that I have. Like, Stephen Matz at, is a right? good pitcher. But he's like a, a fourth or a fifth pitcher in a rotation. I, uh, and this is like he's like LeBron going to Miami. Like This is the decision, right? Can, can you guys pull up that tweet one more time from Shy, please? Because I saw the first reply, and it was from our very own Blake Murphy, which says, what side dishes are the teams yeah. offering? And you know what? <laughs> you get wind and dine. I think that would help me make my decision, to be honest with you. You're giving me, like, sweet potato pie. I'm out, man. You're giving me mashed potatoes. Well, you got to make sure that, yeah, you, you, you cannot be responsible for cutting yeah. the potatoes. Listen, no, they that. still ate really well. They still <laughs> ate really, really well. They're going to have to cut you. them for you and then give no, them to you listen, when they're whining and listen, dining. Man. Robbie Ray was on the show, and he said, look, like, free agency is where they wine and dine you. Like, he's, he enjoyed the process of getting wine listen. and dine. I just can't believe that Stephen Max is the one who's getting wine and dine now, and he's a Yo, fifth pitcher. Times, Pitching's man. clearly valuable. Desperate times. And speaking of Robbie Ray, Bob Nightingale's tweeted out that the White Sox are still seeking a front-of-the-line starter like Robbie Ray, but also nice. a second baseman <laughs> like Marcus Simeon. That's nice. Stay away from this. And it was like Marcus. White like, Sox closing, away. closing in <laughs> on the big names. And then we also want to bring this up. Obviously, been reported, we Huge. mentioned it on the show, uh, Wander Franco signed to a massive contract, more than 10 years, close to $200 million. That's a lot of money. It gets Jays fans thinking immediately mm. about their young stars what kind of money, what kind of cash are Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette going to be looking at now that Wander Franco, who hasn't even played a full season in the MLB, games. is getting this kind of money? Uh, lots, a right? Billion like dollars. lots of money, lots of money. But, like, again, the Jays are in a pretty good spot, right? Like, with that Wander deal, you're eating up, what, a few pre-Arbiers Arbiers and free agency deals by committing him to a lot of money over a lot of years. Like, that, like if you're a player, you're like, okay, injuries happen, I can take this. Like, the Jays are going to have to pony up for Bo. They're going to have to pony up for Vlad. They're going to have to pony up for Teoscar. That's not a ranking of when, who I think they should pony up first or whatever. But, like, they know that. They've got yeah. good young players. There's a reason they know that. And they're, I think they're going to be completely fine shelling out big bucks for these guys. It does maybe raise some questions about how much you can spend this offseason. But that's, yeah, I, I mean, don't even know if we're there yet. I don't no. know if we're there yet with them. That's the, that's the big point for me is like, you know you're going to have to pay these guys. These guys are going to be the faces of the franchise moving forward for years and years to come. But how does that affect when you go into negotiations with Robbie Ray? How does it affect when you go into negotiations with Marcus Simeon? Because you better believe that the Blue Jays front office, they have 
budgets, obviously, and they have budgets two years, three years, five years down the road. They know how much money they're going to be able to shell out to these guys. So they're probably looking at this Wander Franco deal. And honestly, we talked about it before, being a team-friendly deal. Like if you can lock up Vladimir Guerrero for that kind of money, it's team-friendly. I, I know it's the team-friendly for a reason. It sounds is, ridiculous. The but. sum is really big. And I was reading that over the duration of their franchise's history, the Rays have spent about $370 million in free agency. And they just committed about 180, if not more, to Wander Franco right now. Like, there's so few guys in the league that you would be willing to invest that kind of money into, right? It's but like how do the we know? Fernando Tatis. How do we know it's, anything? Yeah, well, you, you, I think he's been you, really good, right? 70 games, he was really good. But yes. pitching changes things and scouting reports change yes, things. I mean, I mean, it's a good point. It's a massive risk. And it's even a risk with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., no matter how good he that was is last my, year. That right? is my greater point, right? But there are guys, like you said, you risk it on. He looks, Wander Franco looks to be a guy that could be absolutely a superstar player yeah. in this league. It's just shocking to me that the Rays decided we're going to pay him instead of trying to deal him right now for some even younger prospects, even though he's 20 that's years the, old. That's the Rays model, isn't it? Yeah. It's like build these yeah. guys up to They're be the best prospects. They're not going to know what to do. Like, yeah, the best prospects in baseball, then ship them out for eight more. They're going to pe- become the best People are going to come in two to three years to try to take down his banner. <laughs> and they're going to be like, no, no, yeah. this one stays, yeah. guys. Yeah. This one stays. <laughs> so unfair. How do they just keep getting better and better prospects? Prospects every time. All right, listen, it oh. is time to send it to Hockey Central on Sports. And David Ever, my guy Justin Bourne, and Mike Fuda standing by. We'll be back. As for us here on Sportsnet 360, James Sharman joining us to talk Manchester United, Canada soccer, and everything footy. Back in 60 seconds on Sportsnet 360. See you there. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Facebook Mesa, Jesse Rubinoff, Kevin Mickey here with you. They, of course, asked me what I wanted to talk about on the show today, seeing mm-hmm. how I was in this chair. And I said, soccer. Can we talk soccer for two hours? They said, no, Faisal. You cannot talk soccer for two hours, but I at least allowed um, some time for that. And so I found it funny. I got into the building today, and I saw you, and you're doing your research on Manchester United. You're like... Ole Gunnar, what? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Footy. Ah, This guy knows a little bit about footy. So, uh, what what have you learned about Manchester United in the uh, couple hours of research that you put together? (laughs) No, look, I I, look. When you, I used to follow soccer much more when I was on the row clipping games. Okay. And you sort of develop an appreciation for the sport. And now doing this job, obviously, you learn more and more and more about the sport. And you look at Manchester United. Isn't this going to be like? the sixth time that they have looked for a manager in the post Sir Alex Ferguson. All right. So hold on. Hold on. Okay. So (laughs) isn't there something to be said? And this is a question. This is a question that that I want you to answer. But isn't there something to be said for an organization making its way through adversity, which is something that, like, Man U is such a brand. Man U is such a brand. I don't want to hear about adversity of that team, Isn't there any way that they can find a way, like, they stick with one manager, build a culture, and don't just be so reactive. Jesse, that's not how sports work. Just we talked so, about it with KOC. We know one. that. This All right. is what, 2012? Let's, let's bring in James Sharman. Let's who see what Sharman thinks. Uh, apparently has thawed from Edmonton already. So we appreciate Sharman uh, being here with us. Where's the uh, hat? First of all, I want to know whose house you rented to do this in. But we'll talk <laughs> about that a little bit later. Uh, secondly... Manchester United, man, like we, you know, it feels like you and I talk every time they dismiss a manager, whether it's Louis van Gaal, whether it's David Moyes, whether it's Jose Mourinho, and now it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So I thought Ole gave everything he could have to this club. It just got a little bit beyond Mm. what he was capable of doing. Is that fair or unfair to say? Well, well, firstly, Faisal, I'm so happy that you're hosting this week <laughs> and that we get to do this. Yes, yes. Tim and friends. Yes, me too. After all our conversations over the years, <laughs> Faisal, you know, about this club 
and your allegiance to this club. I, I'm really thoroughly enjoying this. Okay. Um, to Thank answer you. your question, Faisal, <laughs> um, it, it was never the right man for the job. Yeah. Um, they went back to their past, and obviously he's beloved by the fans. He's a club legend. Um, he had some experience coaching in Norway for, for Molde. Yeah, some. Right? Yeah. Hardly a, hardly a great, great club. I mean, listen, the one championships, and he might be a very good manager, but still very inexperienced. And clearly, after an initial you know, start to his career at United, where he did coach pretty well, they did quite well, that they just gave him this big contract, and the way the clubs run from the top to the bottom, it was just... Uh, just a disaster, really. Uh, United finished second last year. Okay, pretty good, but it's a strange year last year. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, they weren't the second best club in England. And, you know, from one thing after another, the ownership continues to demystify, I think, most observers. Um, there's been good managers out there available, and they just turn their, their cheek to him, <laughs> and they keep bringing Oli back, and, and it just has not worked. And the club's now in disarray. So that's my dilemma, right? Because Pochettino's at PSG. Uh, Antonio Conte just signs with Tottenham. Ajax's manager isn't going to leave mid-season. Like, where do you go? Like, where do you go if you're Manchester United? It cannot be Michael Carrick and that cl- that team interim managing for the rest of the season. Mm. You're f- Manchester freaking United, right? You're the most valuable club That's in it. the world. How do you find a guy at this point of the season to help turn this one around? Because you're not qualifying for the Champions League where you are in the table right now. You're not improving your play if you keep the staff there. Yes, they played a decent game in the Champions League today, but that first half was just horrible again because, of course, the same people are in place. So where do you go? You know, well, they, they should have gone to Antonio Conte mm-hmm. three weeks ago when yep. he was available and he wanted the job, but they didn't fire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Gave him one more game, right, after the break, and then they fire him when they could have got Conte <laughs> three weeks ago. Instead, Spurs step up and they get him. Massive mistake right there. You know, there's numerous rumors right now, of course, the one of which is um, Ernesto Valverde, formerly of Barcelona, yep. coming in as, as the interim. So right now, Michael Carrick is the interim of Int- the interim, interim manager, manager yeah. um, <laughs> which is just insane. Um, that being said, it can all work out. You mentioned the name Pochettino at PSG. He wants this job. He, he's wanted this job for a very long time. Um, currently in, in France, in Paris, he doesn't love it there. They're not that happy with him. There's a guy called Zinedine Zidane waiting for that job who's a great fit. So like you said there, you're United. You're the biggest sports brand, if not the biggest sports club in world sport. You should go out and get your man when you want him. Don't wait till the summer. Go and pay whatever PSG want for Pochettino right now and get him in place. If that happens, they can save some some face, I think. But at the moment, it's just an embarrassment. Hmm. Um, James, I want to talk a little bit about... um Canadian soccer because we're still basking in the glow of the 2-1 win over Mexico. Today, Alfonso Davies, man of the match in Bayern, Jonathan David scores again in League uh. um, You were there with the snowblowers, with the hat, the rabbit that ran away. Um, were you surprised <laughs> by just, are you surprised just by how, the, how much support this country has given? I know John Herbman, specifically after last match, was talking about of all the things he's most surprised by, he is most surprised by how many people have jumped to support this program, especially considering where they were versus where they are now. Are you surprised by it? You know, I've always had hope that, you know, somewhere in the deeper recesses of Canadian sports culture, there's, there's a soccer culture. You know, I've been working for 20 years trying to find it. Um, I, I think it's there somewhere and now it will take a very good team to bring it out I think and we saw that the last uh, last couple of weeks in Edmonton now listen Edmonton 
they support sports and they mm -hmm. support their country. A lot of those fans at that game were not necessarily soccer fans. They were mainstream sports fans giving it a go, checking out this spectacle, and I hope what they saw will keep them around for, for future matches and future eras because we're on the cusp of something pretty special right now. I think the support is there yet, to answer your question, um, and, and we're going to start seeing it more and more, but it will take qualification for a World Cup to really see it. We saw right. the viewership numbers in Sportsnet, right? Really Crazy. good numbers. Yeah. You know, 1.3 million or thereabouts, you know, any one time over 3 million viewers for a Canada soccer match. That is unheard of outside of an Olympic gold medal match or a World Cup you know, semi-final in the women's side of things. So, yeah, it can happen. It's possible. We're getting there. We're not quite there just yet. But what we saw last week was a real massive step, I think, in the right direction. You know, how's this for attention? GQ has Canada's all-black kits as the 18th best new that. menswear item to buy this week. A, a Cana what? A it seems like the most random thing in the whole world, Truman, when I saw that tweet and I, I subsequently clicked on the link and I scrolled down and I'm like, hey. what am I seeing here? I was, I was scrolling down the, the, all the various garments and realizing, <laughs> you know, I could never wear any of these. Faisal would. Yeah, they thank you, thank you. Yeah. No, they're that poncy, all right? <laughs> but I, I, then I saw that, and I thought, oh, yeah, the, the Black Canada shirt. That's, that's pretty hot, man. That's a great-looking shirt. So, yeah, we're getting there. Now, trouble is you can't buy them because they're all sold they're out. They're sold out, but right? that so says something too, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we have to figure out a way, uh, way to get that. Yeah, I guess so, but it's upsetting a lot of fans right now. J James, what I loved about the last couple games, and even in, in Toronto uh, when I was there, I, I listen, this team, these players, they don't back down. They don't care about the CONCACAF mystique that there was in previous years. That mm. these, these, you know, other countries can just come and intimidate you with their brute strength and fear and whatever. They do not care what 11 players are on the other side of the pitch. And James, this is something you and I have talked about every time we've talked about this country, regardless of what 11 is featured, injured or not. They just don't care. They want to win every single game and they believe they should and i love that yep yeah you know you're right that they're definitely showing that so far and you know going to mexico getting a point going to the states getting a point important steps in the right direction but i still want to see this team in el salvador in Honduras, yeah. in Costa Rica, yep. in Panama. Now, those games are coming up real soon, right? We haven't yet seen this team in those hostile surroundings. I, I'm confident they'll be okay because you're right. They've got this, this mojo about them, this swagger. I don't think they will be intimidated. But we've seen teams in the past look pretty good at home uh, and then crumble on the road in, in these awful, yeah. awful regions yep. you know, of football culture where they will stop at nothing to intimidate you from the hotel to the bus ride to the stadium to in the stadium. I need, I need to see that still from this team. Sure. And, and I'm confident that they will pass that test. But let's not say they're there just yet, guys. Nope, you nope, know, nope. Um, all the signs point in the right direction for sure. Yep. But, hey, listen, it's been a long time of having our hearts broken, right? So, uh -huh. you know, we can't just uh, turn over right now and say, yeah, we've arrived just yet. It does feel a little bit different, though, James. But, again, it's probably felt different in the past before yes. in other generations or other iterations of this team. Uh, you mentioned them going on the road and finding a way to get results down there. What about when the U.S. has to come up here? Where do you think that game should or could be played to offer the most advantage to these Canadian players? I know Herdman said they want to make mm. it the most comfortable for the players, but you also got to think about what will be the most advantageous for your club as well. Well, you, you say that, but I really believe with this set of players, um, we can take on any team head-to-head -head in any conditions and play them well. We don't need the weather this sure. country. 
right? Now, obviously, it helped to get Mexico. I'm not doubting that. It definitely helped to get Mexico and Costa Rica. But we shouldn't be at the point where we need that to help this team. They should be able to beat these teams, especially, you know, some of these, these, these teams by themselves with their own talent. Um, but the States come here, and, and obviously the States, like Canada, they can play in cold weather as well, yep. so that wouldn't be an advantage anyway. Um, what I'm hearing right now is, you know, you can rule out Vancouver. It's the travel, right? I mean, mm-hmm. these guys, a lot of them are coming from Europe. Add on another five hours, six hours to their trips. That's a lot for these players. So it's going to be, I think, in Toronto... Or I'm hearing more now Hamilton yeah, could be the, the place as well, yeah. which makes a lot of sense, I think, in some ways as well. Great stadium. The turf there's pretty good. Um, you know, do you want to risk playing at BMO Field in January, you know, or early February? I, I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, we know Ontario winters, right? They can be lovely or they can be just awful and games <laughs> can be cancelled. So um, I, I would suspect... It's going to be Hamilton, maybe the Rogers Centre. I've heard that mentioned wow, before, yeah. but there is a lot of construction happening there yeah. before the Jays open up in March. Yeah. So, uh, you know, still lots to be considered there. So, I talked about Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David and, and Kyle Laren. James, are these guys just, are they unicorns? Is this like a golden generation of sort of men's Canadian soccer? Or is there sort of a pipeline coming as well? Or are we going to have to wait until it's the kids that are watching these guys now to then decide to start playing soccer and want to be like these guys? Or is that already happening inside maybe the Canadian Premier League? That's a great, great question. Yeah, um, I, I think I don't think the unicorns per se. It's definitely a golden generation, and why can't we embrace that and say it is what it is? These are guys playing at good clubs, soon to be very, very good clubs. You'll see the the Tejan Buchanan's work his way through Club Bruges to yep. a bigger club. You're going to see maybe Carl Laren get a chance. John David's being linked with with Inter Milan and Liverpool. He's linked with the know. biggest clubs You're in the world see right this now. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, crazy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's scoring for fun at the moment. Um, but I do think that the professionalization of the game in this country, the last number of years, since TFC arrived in MLS, then Impact, then, of course, Vancouver, since that all happened, I think we really saw this, this, this program take a big step forward. Um, and also, you know, John Herman's got his tentacles out around the world, finding guys with passports or guys that could qualify for passports as well. So, you know... Um, that said, I think you're right. I think qualifying for a World Cup would inspire so many kids, so many good kids who, who might take the game casually right now, taking it more seriously. I think that if you consider that, you know, say they qualify for this World Cup, let's just say, next World Cup is going to be partly in Canada, right? They're going to qualify for that automatically. And that's a 48-team World Cup too. Mm-hmm. So after that, you've got 48-team World Cups, which means more teams from CONCACAF qualifying, which means Canada should qualify for most World Cups from this point onwards, if they get to Qatar, which is really exciting and will just change, uh, I think, the whole culture in this country. I can't believe, like James, listen, we, we've talked about football for a lot of years, you and I, many, many years, and it's just mostly been bad. But again, it, it is awesome right now. It is excellent right now. And there's no one better to, to lend their perspective to it than you. So we appreciate your time. Get out of that house. I think the owners are coming home and uh, we'll hopefully be able to talk about this more uh, in the future. At least he's warm. Thanks, fellas. And listen, Faisal, don't feel too bad, mate. Ollie's not at the wheel anymore, but there'll be someone pretty soon. Don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, I thought we cut him off, guys. So uh, <laughs> can we please do that right now? Thank you. See you, Sharms. Time for a break. He's the best. It's a sensitive topic for you, eh? Uh, we're going to get the last call. Anytime I want to rouse you, I'm just going to go I'm just gonna go straight for the jugular with Man United. I really care about no sports team but them. But that's Man it. That's it. Kevin Mickey, last call. That is next on Tim and Friends. All right, almost time to put a wrap on this show. Of course, uh, I put a wrap on my finger, given that I cut it. 
earlier this week with a potato peeler or just a peeler peeling potatoes. Uh, we've asked a you to send in your dumbest, yes, a vegetable, your dumbest <laughs> injuries. We've got some great ones. Kevin, let's uh, put a wrap on that. A lot of them coming in, like I said, Fast and Furious. <laughs> let's uh, go through a bunch. So here, here's one that I really like. This came from Bar Down Bombshells. Uh, tried opening a door that I thought was frozen shut and slipped, fell, and gave myself a concussion. Later found out nice. that the door was locked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's bad. Next. Uh, Why uh, won't this door open? That's really uh, good. Corgi Durst. Related to Fred, I'm not sure. As a kid, I decided to pretend I was doing the limbo under the shower curtain rod, even yeah. though I had absolutely no need to. Of course you didn't. I slipped and hit my head off the towel bar, yep. and then took out the leg of the sink oh, back first. this is okay. good. I have a scar in my eyebrow to this yeah. day. Is this making you feel better? Oh, way better, way better. Yeah. This is fine. This yeah. is that I'm stuff. fine. I'm, I'm glad that Cheryl, Cheryl right. down there likes that one. Uh, from Rob, so my most embarrassing injury was a torn rotator, and no, it wasn't caused by a sporting event, but rather during a celly after the Argos Grey Cup <laughs> went in the 80s on Young Street. Stepped out of his bud's van, not realizing it was going 25 kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, saying, Argo, ah! <laughs> Very Arg. good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was talking about my injury off the top of the show where I dropped a weight yep. on my finger. Uh, so the deal was, uh, my friends and I were going on a bachelor party, not mine, obviously. Uh, this was a couple years ago. And we were going golfing. And I had my finger wrapped. I couldn't hold the club. So I decided I was going to golf with one hand, one okay. arm. And I just want you, FaZe and Kev, to just admire the contact here. Because you think it's going to go poorly, right? Wrong. That's very good. Wrong. Green. There's a guy that's on TikTok like 200 out that. one handed, one armed. All right, relax, man. Green. Relax. I mean, Rubes didn't show. I didn't see that before the show. I only no. heard him remark about it. Yeah. I thought that he may have been kind of putting on how good it was. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good, Kev. Yeah, I appreciate that. Face is all like poo pooing it over here. No, I'm not poo pooing like, nothing. It's man. like literally down, like man. you're holding it with one hand. All it's right. hard. Some people can't even make contact with holding the club with two hands, so I'm just saying. Let's talk about something that Faisal really likes, and that is curling. <laughs> yes. Canadian Olympic Love. curling Last trials call here. are happening right now in Saskatoon. The marquee matchup today was the Battle of the Brads. Gushu versus Jacobs. They both entered the match with 3-0 records. It went down to the wire. Team Gushu coming out on Brads. top. 7-6. This event is one of the most competitive events on the curling calendar. Obviously, you know that phase. I do. Uh, I was been there covering it. Do you think that this pressure is even greater than the Olympics? Than oh, man. What are I you mean, thinking here? Look, first of all, who called it curling and not Game of Stones? But, but anyways, um, <laughs> I, I covered the Canadian Olympic trials for curling, and there was like an intensity I felt unlike any other tournament I've gone to. Obviously, I haven't covered it at the Olympics, but these are the very best at this sport in the world, in one country, right? Like, you'd argue four or five of these teams could be amongst the best in the world. And one of them, one of them will make the Olympics. But is it greater than the Olympics? I mean, of course it's not. Is there more pressure and more competitiveness? Ignoring what Canada did at the last Olympics in curling? Yeah, I, I'd say yeah. Like, I was glued to Jacobs versus Gushu today. I've been glued to it all week, and I will be glued to it till the end of the week. The sport is unbelievable. It is so intense. And given that three teams make the playoffs and one team will represent this country at the Olympics next year, oh, have you heard? I've tried. You've tried. <laughs> right. It's hard. Could That's have been right. another That's one right of those here. really stupid injuries, but yeah. we, we decided to yeah. step away. So what, what's, what, what, makes it so, what makes it so hard? Like, Dude, why the, try? The ice is very different. Your instinct gets to use both your feet when you shouldn't. 
Um, also, I have a replaced hip. I had a lot, a lot of confidence there at the time, so a lot of factors contributed right. to that. Contribute that, that yeah, you need that core, you that core strength. Yeah, push off. I'm also much fatter than I used to be, and so that's a big problem as well. What you got, Kevin? Here's the transition. Eating on Thanksgiving makes you fat. <laughs> Lots of families getting together on Thanksgiving. For south of the border, that is. Anyways, the Preds, the National Predators, offering a special Thanksgiving in-laws package, which okay. includes four tickets. Two in the lower bowl, two in the upper bowl. You know what? So, separation. Now, I was also recently married this year. Jess, you as well. Would you, Jesse, be interested in this package and who gets No, I want to create family Wait, feuds so the, so right the, hold now. On. So the, the I want to create beef that, right now. The point of it is that you sit separate. No, that's up to you. See, yeah. that's up to you. We're going to let you. You got four tickets, two up top, two below. You, your wife, your in-laws. Where? Who's sitting with whom? I'll sit with her dad because he cares about sports more. She can sit up. So she can sit, sit up top. Oh, yeah. whoa, she can sit whoa, up top. Whoa, whoa. She, she's sitting up. You're, you're sending her to the top. Well, I'll ask her if she cares, and she'll say no. no you're, now you're asking That's the her. Thing. Now you're asking her. See, oh, I like yeah, that pivot. No, no, you I like don't. that pivot. You got See, scared. You I got scared. Say, no, really no, no, quick. it wasn't scared. I would say, look, do you want to sit in the upper bowl? I think it, it means more to me, and it would mean more to your dad if you sit. <laughs> it's a natural predator game. To be fair, how much does it mean to you? Yeah, let's let's be real. a fun fun town, though. They're gonna hang a banner that says we had in-law night. Kevin, listen, you're also relatively recently married, so don't pretend you're getting away. Yeah, we get it. You got rings. Yeah, so I got a band-aid. What would you do? You got rings. I, I got, got a band-aid. What would you do? I'm honestly on Rubinoff's side here. Okay. So if I went to my in-laws, and I, I think they're watching right now. Cal, Lorna, how are you? Okay. Wow. <laughs> if I went so to my in-laws, nice. I was so smooth. given the opportunity. I think yeah. that Cal and I, yeah. my father-in-law, we would sit in the lower bowl. Right. While Chelsea, my wife, and her mom, Lorna, They'd be fine sitting in the upper bowl. And then I would also say, why don't we just switch halfway? I think they might, even say, they might even say sell the tickets or give them to someone who would enjoy What are you it? talking? Sell the what? You guys are not going to be back here tomorrow because you're going to be dealing with uh, some family issues <laughs> that I'm going to have to explain to the people. We'll I know that. And in we'll the meantime, see. though, Kevin, we'll give you a little bit more airtime to take us through this because I don't know if you're going to be in that chair tomorrow. Go ahead. What's your next wow, segue? Wow, I'm stunned What's by your next segue? I love you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, move on. At, at Sportsnet, one of my wheelhouses is WWE. That right there is Seth Rollins at Monday Night Raw being tackled by a fan. Now, a lot of people say, well, this is this is scripted, right? It's, I was one of those Professional people. wrestling, after all. Yes. Uh, no, Look where he comes it's, from. It's, it's not. Look where he comes he from. He comes flying around the corner and tackles Seth Rollins as he's on his way back from a segment in the ring. Faze, what should this dude's punishment be? Like, I feel like his punishment should have been having whoever that wrestler was take a shot at him. Seth Rollins. Right? Like yeah. Seth Rollins. Sorry, no disrespect. It's just um, not my thing anymore. Uh, like, that's not fair. He got taken down by refs and security guards. Let the wrestler go at you. So Let the very jacked human being take a run at you and let me know how you feel after that. There were a lot of wrestlers on Twitter saying that they didn't do enough to this guy because back in the day, if somebody did that, the wrestlers would come out of the well, back. Well, that's what I mean. And they would go to town on this. Interview. You can't do that anymore. Everyone's got a camera. You can't just beat up. Everyone's got a camera. We know everyone's got a camera. You the whole show is you a camera show, well, my guy. You can't just, you can't just. What are you, you can't just about, look, man? what should happen is either they should get them in a ring together, the fan, and wrestling, and the wrestler, uh, or he should just be banned from every arena. No, that's the same. Forward. We know he's going to be banned like, from every arena. He can't go to a sporting forward. event ever again. Now, Kevin, you All told right. me that was he, he charged? can't do that. He was. He, he was. Yeah, he's he, 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 gone. Seth Rollins, Done. by the way, great name, fake name. The University of Louisiana Monroe football team. They have a real name in this guy um, because check out this particular player, Boogie Knight. 
He caught a 28-yard touchdown That's in Saturday's loss to LSU. Like his real name is Jeremiah, but he's listed on the roster as Boogie. That's yes. Boogie is best name in sports right now. Uh, oh, I mean, no. that's that would be difficult to top. Although I'm watching football on Sunday, and uh, little Jordan Humphrey scores a touchdown, and the name flashes across the screen, and I thought to myself, that's one of the better handles I've seen in the National Football League and in sports in general a long time. From so the shout out to little Jordan Humphrey. I have got other questions about Boogie Nights that I will wait till we're off air to address, but yeah. man, that stunned me in general. <laughs> I actually don't have a, an answer here. I'm like flustered. You know what, guys? We actually Coco have Chris. to bounce. Kevin, Jesse, I hope you're back with me tomorrow because that was a lot we of will fun. Be, will uh, be. Uh, the three of us, uh, it says in my script, the three of us will be back tomorrow, so it seems like you guys are safe for now. A reminder, Flyers Lightning, they're coming up on Sportsnet. WWE NXT, hopefully without a fan, hitting a wrestler, is on Sportsnet 360. Hawks Flames on Sportsnet 1. Oilers Stars on Sportsnet West. Regionally, Everything on Sportsnet now, of course. Enjoy the night. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. Peace. Here we go.